No, there's really no chronological order to any of it, uh, depending on how, uh, like, organized your, like, the employer's side is. Um, right. Yeah, you might get, like, bits and pieces at the same time. You might get them at different times. Yeah, the order is, like, you know, it's, uh, it's not the same every time. And that's okay. what makes organizing during a union busting campaign so difficult. So that's why, like, today, uh, you know, for years now, like, you know, uh, the goal of when you're organizing is you always want to, you want to at some point keep things secretive. And then as you build enough support within whatever workplace you're organizing, uh, you, when you go public or when the organizing uh, is, you know, you're speaking about it much more uh, publicly in the workplace, um, you can inoculate and like build defenses towards the union busting. Um, but if you're, if you, if you announce that you're organizing a union before you actually have organized your union, uh, these tactics will definitely ensure that you will not have a unionized workplace. Right. Cause like if a, a manager or somebody pulls you to the side and they start feeding you misinformation, asking for another chance and, and then making emotional appeals and you haven't already been in like a union meeting kind of setting with your coworkers and talked about what's important and talked about the way that the bosses are going to lie to you and, and, you know, made sure that you're actually getting the kind of demands that you're asking for, then it's going to be really easy for people who maybe don't have like a labor education to be like, Oh yeah, actually my boss is making a lot of sense. I'll just go along with what they're saying. Yeah. And uh, yeah, right. And also it's like the, the difference is, yeah, like uh, with, when the union busting starts, let's say, you know, let's take misinformation, for example, right? So mm-hmm. a, a bunch of factors that, like, make, mis- what make, makes, make misinformation so effective is, um, you know, let's take the captive audience meeting, which is, like, the, are- the area where, you know, it's a gathering where companies and employers use to, like, spread the most misinformation. Um, mm-hmm. They're captive audience meetings, so you're paid during that time, right? And one of the difficulties with organizing is that when you're organizing a union people's commitment to like build a union and to you know improve their workplace um that doesn't you don't get paid for that time so you have to be doing that time like you know um out of work um you know late night meetings uh, before work meetings uh lunch break phone calls and meetings i mean uh and you have to be doing that all on your personal time if you're trying to organize a union and you haven't like built a committee or start talking to your coworkers, but with this or getting commitment from them, once the union busting starts, then you're working like against the clock to try to get like to speak to people about why organizing is important. Meanwhile, your employer is already like, you know, sucking up all the air. And, right. you know, the, the, the point of this union busting is not really to prove to workers that a union is bad necessarily. It's to, I mean, you want, they want that of course, but the real thing is they, if they can't make a convincing argument why it's bad to unionize, then they want to exhaust you and all the all your coworkers from talking about the union. Oh, and they definitely do. When we were going through those captive audience meetings, I mean, it was literally like they had a union buster on like the shop floor from basically open to almost close every single day, trying to talk to people and uh, constantly. And so, so it is 
exhausting, even if you're like really pro union and you're really about it, constantly talking about it can still wear on you. I mean, I, I personally love mm-hmm. talking about it, and I'm sure you do too, Eric. But when it comes to like people who are not as constantly engaged in these topics, they it does become kind of like a, a stress on them, and to to have like a, a battle going on of sorts can can definitely wear people down which is exactly what they're trying to do through these, not only these meetings, but like the constant bombardment of like conflicting uh, information or, or misinformation specifically. And, um, and I, I just remember I was going to do that and like literally also misinformation trying to um, like pit workers against each other. One of the things that we faced were basically lies about our coworkers to basically try and put us against each other. That also happened. Um, but I'll, I'll let you continue. Yeah, no, I mean, you, you, your experiences are directly right. And I mean, um, I, you know, I, I can even, we can even talk more about that. I mean, as you recollect, like when the organizing started, I mean, your store, I believe wasn't even, wasn't very large. I mean, I think it started with like 20 people. And by the time we actually had the, no, it was probably like 25 people. But by the time we had the union election, it was like 21 people. Mm-hmm. Um, right. And, you know, I remember the first time I ever uh, met you, Alina, and your coworkers, uh, I think five of us met at like a breakfast spot in Pittsburgh. And uh, it took us a long time. It took us, you know, a pretty long time to like have all the really all the conversations we needed to have, have all the commitments, commitments we need to have with people. And um, I think you're, you remember this. Yeah, but, you're um, reminding me of like, I think that you pulled cards out at the first meeting and I told you to put them away. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> <laughs> because because I was like, I don't think the people are ready for this. Like, we all want to have this conversation, and we're all here to have this conversation. And, like, looking back, I definitely, like, I was learning. I was learning. This was some of my early uh, radicalization. But, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, to circle back to um, the, with the misinformation and why it's important not to, like, you know, bring up the organizing too early is because even with this uh, shop that had you know, five to six people who were really passionate, passionate, committed to organizing. Um, it took us probably three months to get towards an election. And even with that, uh, it was about having those conversations with each other, but also like, um, building a sense of unity and unionism in a space that like has been totally co-opted by like the boss's talking points and the boss's way of framing things. Mm-hmm. So, um, we, I think there were like three people we didn't talk to, but they like, uh, because they were empowered by a union buster and they were given a lot of like freedom to speak to whoever they wanted to make phone calls, you know, do all kinds of this, all the stuff that we're going to talk about. Um, you know, our support, you know, uh, we, we lost supporters, you know, people, people yeah. were on the fence. People really got, uh, you know, duped by, um, the union busting. And, um, you know, misinformation is probably the most important. I mean, probably the most like uh, relatable or most like um, what's it called like widely used uh, tactic because right, right. Um, it's based. Some of the things they say are based on truth, right? So, like, what the, what and you know, this can is we go start- into some of the details of like some of like like even pieces of misinformation that they would use. Yeah, and like, you know, I think it's important to talk about two things before, you know, as we get into misinformation. One is that employers are not like trained or like they, they don't alone have the resources to fight a union organizing campaign. Like, 
some right. huge companies that hire like HR firms that like have people in union avoidance, they have union avoidance, avoidance experience, like Verizon or like uh, Apple, they probably have people on payroll who are like active union busters. However, like your traditional, you're like, you know, standard national retailer might not. Walmart probably does. But a guitar center at the time, even though they have like almost at the time they had like 250 stores, they did not have like a union buster like on like staff. So what that requires them to do is to seek these firms out. They call themselves union avoidance firms. Persuaders. Yeah. Or labor management firms. Oh my God. And, um, they, you know, uh, they charge absorbent amount of money. I mean, we're talking like 300 to, you know, uh, $500 a day, um, for, you know, uh, I mean, sorry, uh, an hour for their work. Um, some of them have like, uh, uh, like incentives where they're like work for, you know, um, one sum of money, but if they are uh, sufficient in like, you know, keeping the union out of the workplace, they'll get a bonus. Um, and these rates are, are, you know, very, very high. Uh, and it's, you know, all this money could be spent towards, you know, improving working conditions, but instead, employers will use it to, you know, ensure that a union won't come into the workplace or won't be organized. 